Amos 5.24 declares, But let justice run down like waters, and righteousness like an ever-flowing stream flowing abundantly. Welcome to our fifth episode in Season 2 of Iona Speaks About Defending Self-Justice, a platform used for us as women to hear how we can walk in our dominion through the power of voice and the strength of awareness. May this podcast bring hope through enlightenment for every listener on their journey to self-justice in Jesus' name. In the first four episodes, we have heard a letter to my younger self for encouragement, speaking about passion and purpose. We've listened to a discussion about how the poem On Children, written by Khalil Gibran, speaks to how we defend self-justice, listened to a discussion about the influence on defending self-justice through historical trauma and overlooked pain, and heard dialogue about defending self-justice through motherhood. In this episode, I am honored to have as my guest a wonderful man who continues to show his daughters and son the value of fatherhood. This man is my dad, John Edward Lewis from East Hampton, New York. Welcome to this podcast, Daddy. For centuries, society has celebrated mothers, honored mothers with elaborated fanfare, and had numerous positive memoirs about mothers depicted in documentaries, news stories, books, magazine articles, poems, movies, and plays. According to History.com, the nation's first Father's Day was celebrated on June 19, 1910, in the state of Washington. However, it was not until 1972 58 years after President Woodrow Wilson made Mother's Day official, that the day honoring fathers became a nationwide holiday in the United States. During the early years, there were petitions on combining Mother's Day and Father's Day to make it Parents' Day, so that both could be honored, loved, and respected simultaneously on the same day. However, the Great Depression derailed this effort. God blessed mothers with the female body to have life pass through them and enough estrogen to provide love and nurturance to children, even if they didn't pass through their bodies. Yet fathers have not always been celebrated with such fanfare, such glory, such honor, and such praise. Society has almost given the appearance that mothers are more valued than fathers. Yes, a woman's body has been intricately designed to have a baby grow inside of them for a gestational period of up to 42 weeks or even longer. However, not every woman who births a child is a mother, and not every man who shares his seed is a father. June is the month that has been set aside where we celebrate and honor fathers, and yet sometimes the day goes by as a passing thought. In my opinion, there should not just be one day set aside for mothers and fathers to be globally honored and celebrated, but this is something to be done daily, and not because of what they do, but because of who they are. There is no existence of me without my mother and without you as my father. So, Daddy, what is the reason that you feel fathers are less valued than mothers? 
problem I think that some of the men had was that they wanted to dictate what the women should and should not do. And they forget that it's a combination of the two, especially when it comes to raising the children. And I'm so glad that you said that, Daddy, because when we were growing up, we looked at you and Mommy as a unit together. So you were always present. I mean, I remember you coming up to the school and bringing my lunch if I ever forgot it. The fact that you would make my lunch um, was just such a great thing to do. The fact that I could talk to you and actually ask you any question, regardless how off the wall it might be, and you would always have an answer for that. So being able to have uh, that mutual relationship where both mothers and fathers are giving towards their children is such a blessing, and it's something that is to be honored. And I do see that, unfortunately, it's not represented so much in um, different households. So I do know that uh, my life, my upbringing um, was a blessing um, to have you and to have that strong presence um, in my life. And that was greatly appreciated. And being the wonderful father uh, that you have been and that you still are, you know, I've learned so much from what you have said, what you haven't said, what you have done and what you haven't done. You have seen me at my worst and never judged. You've supported me in both my successes and in the most traumatic times of my life. I've leaned on you when, even when you might not have known that I was leaning on you. So what does it mean to you to be a father to two daughters and a son in the world that we're living in right now? I think the, the role of, the, of the, both parents, actually, which is, seems to be have slipped away, is to teach. Teach by showing. You know, you show your love for one, for one, other, one another, and then you also show your love to your children. It's not that the mother does this and the dad does this. Whatever has to be done, you jump in there and do it together. And this way the kids will know when they grow up, this is how they should be taking care of their own families. But there's so much, there's so much competition now, I think, that oh, one parent wanting to outdo the other. And that takes a lot away from the family values, at least in my opinion it does. But it's not a competition. It's a com combination of two people working as one. And you have to teach your children to love one another. Don't try to tell one child. I see a lot of parents that I love this one more than I love that one. That's not a good thing to do. You're supposed to love them equally. Treat them equally. And then they won't be competing against each other. Love makes the world go round. And you have to have God to have good love. And I'm so glad that you said that it's not a competition because that's such a strong word. And uh, you do see that, unfortunately, sometimes in some of in some of the families and growing up, you know, I know that it was probably challenging sometimes for you to show us the love 
um, that you might have for uh, our mother because of just the, the relationship that the two of you were having. Uh, yet one of the things that even during those moments and those times where there was tension um, between the two of you, you never stopped demonstrating to us as your children that we are valuable to you and that you love us and that you are there for us. And that is what's so important. And that leads me to the next question um, where 1 Corinthians 4.15a states that for though you have countless guides, tutors in Christ, you do not have many fathers. So this is a scripture that has been referenced so many times in so many different sermons I've heard. And, you know, when I look at this scripture, and you've even mentioned it too, that parents are to be teachers, but they're not to just teach in their words. They are to teach in their actions as well. And while there might be many of them, there's not going to be many fathers. They're not going to be those fathers who are protectors and providers and who are present and who demonstrate that even though there might be tension between the parents, that has nothing to do with the love of the father for the child. So what does this scripture mean to you as a father? That's a little bit of a tough one for me, but I think... I have to say it that in this way, that we were blessed, your aunts and I, as we were growing up. We had two strong parents who were busy working, you know, supporting us, raising us. But they always showed love toward each other, and they always showed love toward us to let us know that. But there were some hard times, and as, as children, we didn't realize how hard they were because of how they worked and how they made sure that we always had plenty of food to eat. They, my mom used to always tell us, you can eat as much as you want, just don't waste it. It's heartbreaking now to see how the children just pick and pick and just throw food away when there's so many people that could use some of that. But not only on the, on the food part of it, but... Just the idea on a personal note of just showing some kindness, some love, and working together. I hope that your mom and I show. I know we gave you all some hard times at, in, at moments. But we had some very strong teachers as we were growing up. That helped us a lot getting through some of our troubles. That's such a powerful statement, Daddy, because, um, you know, when you reference uh, Gaia and Pop-Up, your, your parents, <laughs> um, I realized, and I had made this statement once to you, that the reason why I had such a close bond to you was because of all that Pop-Up had taught you which caused me to even have a greater bond even with him. And that's something that I hold on to even to this day. 
even though neither gay or a pop-up are with us, um, I do see the values that they taught you, which you in turn taught me as your daughter. And that's something that you cannot erase. And it's something that, uh, it's something that makes you feel empowered. It makes you feel confident. It makes you feel like even in the most bleakest or, you know, rough times, um, that you have something to stand on. You have some strong words to stand on. Um, so that was powerful. Thank you for sharing that, uh, of what a father really is and how that father is supposed to share that love because of sometimes of what they've seen. And sometimes there are some fathers who haven't had great examples like you did, yet they still are great fathers. So the whole focus of this podcast is about defending self-justice, understanding that this is a fluid statement because it looks differently for everyone. Defending self-justice is not just about experiences, but it's about a mindset crafted from our experiences that are strong, valuable, righteous, whole, and personal. Therefore, if you were in a room with young fathers in age um, or fathers for the first time, what piece of advice would you share with them as encouragement of how to empower their children to obtain self-justice for themselves? Oh, one of the things I would like to address them with would be show your love to your children. Don't dictate to them, but don't talk down to them. When you talk to them, talk at them, let them know that you, you, you're talking this way because you care about them and you want them to be better persons and, and they can be the best person that they can be. And another thing is that you have to sh let them know by showing that you love them. You know, a lot of people use that word love. I love you. I love you. But if it's an action word, if you don't have some feeling with it and some caring behind it, the people that you're talking to are really not going to get the full meaning of the word. So, you know, you show them that you love them. You take care of them. When they're hurting, you hurt and you want to comfort them. Like I used to tell you, I said, I have no problem. You can ask me anything that you want to ask me. If I don't have the answer, I will find the answer. And I find out that there was a lot, there are a lot of guys that I do talk to that can relate to that. But then there are a lot of them that they don't talk to their children and don't try to explain things to them. But it's important to let the kids know that you love them and show it rather than just saying it. That was great, Daddy. You're talking about empowering children by demonstrating your love and one of the things of demonstrating your love and caring for them is also listening to them. And that is so strong to be able to listen to them because when we defend self-justice, it's what are our ideologies of self-justice? What does justice mean for ourselves? 
when there are challenging times that are coming um, as uh, black people in this earth to the fact that where there is a color disparity and people of a lighter skin complexion have been dominant over those of a darker skin complexion. You know, sometimes you need to have that space to just talk about how you're feeling and what you're seeing and what is being expressed. So having someone as your father to be able to listen to you and really sit, not judge you and not try to come up with some, uh, you know, what's the word I'm looking for? Some great answer, some magical answer, but just taking the time to listen to you and listen about how you're feeling is so profound. And I think that's something that's missing sometimes in relationships, period. So I thank you for sharing that and bringing that up because that's so true. And I think that would be great advice to give (laughs) to a group of young fathers. to that phrase of the competition I mean yes we need money but money is not everything you don't just sacrifice the family to raise the money but you have sometimes you have to go out there and work a lot of old crazy hours like if you saw me coming home sometime late at night and in the wee hours in the morning but I, I tried to make myself available to you and your sister during those times as much as I could. That's why I had no problems coming in late at night, making your lunch for you. Made me feel good. Sometimes Lena didn't understand it, but it was all right. It worked out. (laughs) I was glad to do it. And I was glad that you did it as well. (laughs) And those were some great lunches. (laughs) So I just want to say thank you so much for being um, a guest on this podcast as we just continue to talk about the value and the importance of fatherhood. And I am so blessed and thankful that God gave me a father like you um, and that he, because I had a father like you, I was able to see and recognize the beauty of fatherhood in the man that I would marry. So that's, thank you so much. As we conclude this episode, I trust that every woman and mother listening be empowered to walk in their dominion as they realize there is value in their life through all of their experiences so that they can become the defenders of self-justice for themselves. Thank you for listening to Iona Speaks about defending self-justice and have a prosperous and powerful week.